All right, what is up, everyone? Can you believe that January is literally over? Where has the time gone? I have a distinct feeling that this year is going to literally fly by. What do you think? That being said, remember I've been talking to you about our celebrating our 200th episode, which is going to be happening in March. And I have decided that we're going to do some lead up contests for you to hand out some prizes because we've had some amazing guests on our episode who have literally have their own businesses and their own products. So I've reached out to them and asked them if they would love to participate in this challenge, giving some weekly prizes of some of their and promoting some of their products. And with astounding and hands down, everybody was super on board. So this is how it's going to work. There are going to be weekly prizes and then there are going to be two grand prizes on our 200th episode. Now that meaning that means that every week you have to be on our social media platform in order to win. And this is what it looks like. So first, before you even get into the episode, go to Apple Podcasts and this is what you're going to have to do. First, do a written review. And that's being an honest review, questions, um, anything you like about the podcast. But remember, please put your Instagram handle there so that I can find you if you win. I don't know. Last time I did a contest, people put odd names and I was never able to find half the people to give out the prizes. So make sure you put your Instagram handle on. Number two, give us a five star review. Number three, make sure you follow the podcast on Instagram at Secrets from the Saddle podcast. So you have to be doing those three things. If you want, you can follow me on Instagram as well as Sylvie Deu underscore cyclist. So the first three things, review, rate, and follow. That will give me, I'll go to Apple Podcasts, I'll pick a, a prize winner from there, and I'll announce it on our Instagram page, the podcast page, who the winner is on Friday. So that being said, now, for the grand prize winner at the end, we are going to have two draws, like I mentioned. One is going to be from all the winners. So if you're a winner, you could win a grand prize in March. And the other one is going to be from everybody who put out a review. Okay, so make sure you've done all three things. The review, the rating, and following the podcast. And that's it. We're going to be taking this whole month to really um, put our podcast out there um, and just celebrate all of our great um, guests. Um, so please make sure that you're you're going to participate. And also, if you remember, I have um, if you got my free downloads before, I just put a new one up. So my free downloads are at askcoachsylvie.ca or .com. And I just put up a snack, some four snack recipes. These are my starters. I'm testing a lot of them and I'm going to share more later on, but you can go and download that straight away. So with that, have an amazing day. You are amazing. And we shall see you in the podcast. So enjoy the episode. Take care, guys. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. 
I'm Sylvie Dao, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, all things cycling podcast with your host, Sylvie Dew. And I have a really super interesting <laughs> individual from Bristol, UK, or I don't know, would you say UK, just Bristol, it's in the UK. Um, and Stephen Fox has a franchise called Fox Cycling wrapped around teaching kids how to ride their bikes. Now, before we bring Steve out, here's a little bit about <laughs> on his background. So Steve's a fox, a cycling nut, a kids sports coach and entrepreneur recognized that there are three main barriers to children, not cycling. So he designed a fun active based methodology to get kids safe, cycling safely in an hour. Now, I know my kids took a little bit more than an hour, maybe pushing them around. But anyways, <laughs> um, it quickly became very popular and exposed a, a very unique uh, and exciting gap in the child development and family health sector. Since 2010, Fox Cycling has taught thousands of kids to ride so many, um, to cycle so many more families can ride together, the fun progressive learning system has been further refined and developed over time. And that is where his franchise comes in. Now, welcome Steve to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And for all you folks out there listening, thank you for listening. There you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You go. Thank you for listening. Now, <laughs> I always love to get started in, well, how did you get into cycling? How did, and how did it migrate to what you're doing today? Because I think it's absolutely amazing. Oh, well, thank you. So how did I get into cycling? Well, uh, the inspiration for cycling and the inspiration for Fox Cycling, my franchise, has to be down to my granddad. Uh, my mm. granddad called Jack Fox, an amazing bloke. When I was really young, um, I remember my granddad was a very keen cyclist. He had lots and lots of bikes lying around. And I think he recognized that at a young age, like many children, I was struggling to learn to cycle. He kind of, I remember, kind of cobbled together some kind of old little sort of Frankenstein looking kind of bike. <laughs> um, but it was but it was a real help. And, and, and it really helped me build my confidence and my love for cycling. He used to take me out and about, and I used to follow him on my various little bikes growing up. So, um, you know, he was a real inspiration and cycling was a real connection with, you know, what I really yearned for at that age, and I still do, which is about, you know, fresh air and freedom and, you know, adventure. 
and and you know being able to travel places that you know when you're a kid it felt like the other side of the universe but it was probably just down just down the road but it was an it was a really incredible experience also being a fairly active kid I couldn't really sit still so you know I was into all sorts of all sorts of sports um as many kids are um but cycling stayed with me so at a young age uh you know kind of late 70s early 80s i got into bmx uh racing so i used to race mm. bmx's um and uh you know that was a real um a real uh start of you know another type of adventure on on bikes and then i progressed from uh, BMXs onto mountain bikes and really loved just mountain biking and then road biking. And as I grew up, I just, you know, found cycling to connect me to what I really loved doing as a kid, which is just getting out and, and being on a bike and the freedom of, of going places. And, you know, when I'm, when I'm teaching parents, uh, when I'm teaching kids and I'm talking to parents, uh, you know, I find myself sort of saying things like, you know, cycling is amazing because it offers fun and friendship and fitness and freedom. And, you know, these are all the wonderful things that a child will encounter even more when they learn to cycle. And, you know, what I find very, very, very commonly when I'm doing what I'm doing is all of those things, like what happened to me, was, you know, it gives the child even more confidence to do even more things that might be, you know, confident to, uh, I don't know, try abseiling or the confidence to, you know, ride a horse or play the piano or something like that. So it was a real catalyst for me uh, growing up. So I think really that's my background of how I got into cycling. Um, like you, you know, like probably many people listening to this podcast you know we love cycling then there's lots of cycling to be had whether it's velodrome mm -hmm. or mountain biking or gravel riding or road riding there's lots to do so how did you get into finding that niche or how would you say um filling that unique gap that you found to be missing for kids, because like I was mentioning, I have three kids. I taught all three of them how to ride. It wasn't pretty. And if most parents are listening, it's not <laughs> usually the, the, the most pleasant thing trying to teach your kids how to ride a bike. Oh my gosh. I'm just glad that they are riding bikes now after <laughs> it wasn't that bad, but, but you know what I'm talking about. I do get it. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I do. I, I do get it. And so, you know, how did that come about? You're asking me, you know, where did I, how did I identify that niche? Yes. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. How did you? Yes. So, so it's a really good question. So just to give you a little bit of context, a little bit of context. So I've spent my whole life in various different jobs, be it, and I've had lots of jobs. Um, I've been, um, I've worked on the Give Kids the World program at Disney in Florida. I've been an outdoor education instructor in Northern Ontario. Um, what? I, Where? In, in, up in the Muskoka region up there. No way, because I'm in Ottawa. Yeah. Yeah, so that's yeah, not, I know that. well, it's like maybe three hours from Muskoka. 
that's yeah. pretty interesting. So, okay. so, and also, and also, I have worked for the church in um, inner city settings, working with very disadvantaged and at risk children. I spent 10 years as a project manager. Uh, my job was to design and implement projects in juvenile prisons across the country. Whoa. So my whole there is sort of there is a reason for saying all of this. So <laughs> so my whole life from as you know from as back as as young as being maybe twelve years old, I've been involved with sports coaching, or or uh, activity coaching, or working with with young people. Um, so. The working with children part of Fox Cycling was just a natural progression. I really feel mm. very privileged to work with children. I feel very comfortable working with children, teaching and coaching. So, so that was that element ticked off. Um, I love cycling. Um, and, you know, anybody who's probably, well, maybe, maybe not, but a lot of people who's maybe listening, you know, to this podcast and you will know, about the mechanics of what we do when we cycle, right? Mm -hmm. In the sense, and, and we probably don't really think about it because a lot of us just get on our bike and we ride. But having done, you know, having been uh, uh, um, an MBLA mountain bike leader and instructor, having been a British cycling coach, you know, having done lots of things around bikes and having to break those things down, to understand them in terms of teaching it made sense to me it was so clear about the mechanics about the process needed to uh to 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 learn to cycle knowing also when it comes to teaching children the need to break things down and have a simple progressive seamless set of of principles and um lesson planning if you will i thought that you know there's not really anybody um teaching people to learn to cycle teaching children to learn to cycle mm -hmm. and it makes absolute complete sense to me you know some people will say i'm just good with numbers so i found maths really easy at school you know or somebody who's really good with their hands they become a carpenter or an engineer to me, it was just so super clear the exact components that needed to be in place, the process that needed to be followed to take a children from zero to hero in, in, in a very quick time with, the, with no hassle, with lots of fun, taking all the stress away from parents, giving everybody a great time. So more people, more children are, are cycling and therefore more families can cycle mm -hmm. as a consequence. And that really lent into my passion, which is about, you know, all of this is about seeing people thrive. I love to see people thrive to become the people that they were designed to be. And for me, cycling was a really big vehicle, excuse the pun, but, you know, a really important vehicle in enabling me to become the person who I am. So that's kind of how I found my niche. And it was also helped at the time because um, in 2010, um, I, had I had stopped working in the prisons um, that I had been working in for 10 years. 
I had stopped working in the prisons and I wanted to set up my own business. Now, this is going off piece a little bit, but there is it just adds a bit of context. Um, very quickly, when I was working in prisons, one of the frustrations is you couldn't measure the impact socially and economically, um. you know, that that different projects were having on the lives of these of these juveniles. So when in 2010, I set up my social in my own social impact consultancy, we went into prisons and hospitals and charities and businesses and and local governments and places like that in universities. And we measured the social and economic impact. And I did that. Uh, but it was a very new thing. So at the time, I thought, as well as doing this, because I think it's really cool to have multiple revenue streams, I decided I would start Fox Cycling because it just made sense how to make how to get kids cycling very easily. So I ran mm -hmm. the two I ran the two businesses sort of side by side for three years and realized actually Fox Cycling is really taking off and there's a real need for this. And I can absolutely see a massive vision for franchising it across the globe. And so mm -hmm. I kind of stopped the impact measurement stuff mm -hmm. and I really spent a lot of time growing um, and testing and piloting and refining Fox Cycling. Wow. So, so that was 10, uh, well, where are we? Uh, God, almost, uh, yeah, 10 years ago, yeah. seven years ago where you really took off. Yeah. So, right? so, so yes. So, um, so, so in 2013, when I kind of stopped my, I started winding down a little bit, my consultancy business, um, that's when uh, when when Fox Cycling started to really to really take off. Right. To kind of fl put a fly in the ointment a little bit though, in two thousand <laughs> in in two thousand thirteen, um, <clears throat> I was a at the time I was also an indoor cycling instructor. Okay. Yeah, and I had been doing that for three years. Um, oh, and I was the same. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that had kind of a lot of lot of things going on, like many people do, right? Mm -hmm. And you'll know that. You know, a lot of us yeah. can't sit down for very long, can we? <laughs> um, so in so so in two thousand and thirteen, as I was ramping up cycling, um, I was approached by one of my customers who came along to one of my indoor cycling classes. He was one of my customers, one of my riders. He was a entrepreneur and he approached me and he said, look, Steve, I've got this idea. I want to, um, I want to stream online classes across the internet, kind of similar to what Peloton are doing right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's what we started doing. Mm -hmm. So in 2013, we set up, we set up this business that streamed um, uh, uh, indoor cycling classes online and it was good um it wasn't great but it was it was good and then i came up with an idea what would be really cool to add to the experience i'm kind of going off piece a little bit about fox but there is a bit of context to it you know right. um uh just very quickly i i thought i'd add a little bit of um uh, add to the experience of this online class by actually filming it in a real studio so i set up my own indoor cycling studio similar to what you've done okay in the past yeah. and what was very cool about that is it enabled me to it enabled me to generate a, a fairly good income from my indoor cycling studio 
as well as then building Fox Cycling. That enabled me to pilot Fox Cycling in many different places around the UK because I wanted uh -huh. to make sure that the model was really watertight. Yes. Right. And I wanted to refine the process. Mm -hmm. I wanted to I wanted to deliver it in lots of different settings. And, and so that's what I did. So while I was running my indoor cycling studio, and that was going great, I was really being able to get out there and um and you know test fox cycling and teaching children to cycle um across the country to give me confidence that it was a franchisable model and it is whoa so now are you able to um do the like teach the kids year round or do you end up taking a break no that's a really great question that's a really <laughs> great I, question i know Canada. Well, I guess it depends certain parts of the country or maybe even like in well, the UK, there's like a, a season that nobody really wants to be outside unless you're inside. Not really. You produce no. something. No. no and, let me, <laughs> and, let me, and let me explain that. So while I was while I was um, while I was running the indoor cycling studio and, and, and really able to experiment and refine further this 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 model that I had. Um, one of the one of the questions I asked myself is, well, how do I make this a year round business mm -hmm. model? Mm -hmm. And actually, um, the the mechanics, the process, the the components of a child um, learning to cycle, um, and what I learned from that kind of revealed to me the business model that we needed to follow. So I'll explain that. So when I started, um, when I started um, back in 2010, um, I started with, um, with cycle tots, which is mm -hmm. group balance bike sessions with kids between the age of about two and a half up to about four and a half indoors on balance bikes giving them the foundation that they need to seamlessly move on to pedals that's what it was mm -hmm. okay um but because i could see how easy it was to teach a child to cycle in an hour i used to get to some parents who came to me back in 2010 say to me hey steve i really love the idea of coming along to cycle tots but I'm going on holiday next week as a family and my child can't cycle and I want them cycling for when we go on holiday so we can cycle <laughs> together when we're on holiday. Yeah, right. What, 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 what can you do for me? So, so You're like, uh... <laughs> but, when they, but when they started asking me that, I thought, well, that's cool because I, I think I can easily teach your kid in an hour. And so what happened is very, very quickly, word got around that, um, that, you know, I could teach children in an hour. So that mm -hmm. was the part of the business model that really skyrocketed very quickly. Oh, okay. Is it like so one-on-ones? Yes, the one-on-ones. That's where we, we teach children in less than an hour. So, right. so so um that that kind of took off really quickly and the cycle tots element the group element although i was still doing it 
I didn't have so much time to do that because I was so busy teaching one-to-ones and running my indoor cycling studio that the cycle tots kind of, you know, it just kind of ticked along. But what I did, <laughs> but, but what I discovered is this, and this is going to answer your question. Comes to a child being ready for pedals, what I've picked up over 10 years, 12 years of doing this and having mm-hmm. taught thousands of kids to cycle, there are some very key components that I've learned. And this okay. is one of them. All right, I'm ready. When it comes to a child learning to cycle, and this might be obvious to some of our listeners, there's two parts to it. Number one, the child needs to be physically ready for pedals. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that oh, okay. means that they need to be able to balance, obviously. And a balanced bike, or I think what you guys in North America call a strider, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Is the only way for a child to learn the components of learning how to balance. So that's one part of it. The other part of it is the cognitive readiness. And the cognitive readiness is that having the child's ability to be able to do everything at once so that's being able to apply their balance Mm -hmm. as well as being able to pedal as well as be able to steer look forwards not pick their nose not look at seagulls decide which direction they're going (laughs) and do all those multiple (laughs) yeah and quite often quite often what i find is (laughs) is parents will come to me and they will say my child is amazing on a balance bike. Their balance is fantastic. They're like a little rocket. Obviously, they're ready for pedals. And uh, quite often, particularly if they're between the age of two and a half and five, cognitively, they won't be ready for pedals. So they need to spend a little bit more time on the balance bike. Because if you put yeah. them onto pedals, they can't do both things at once. So they just fall off. If they fall off, they don't like going back on the bike. They stay on mm. the scooter and they never, you know. It, That's interesting. Not, it, it's not until they're about seven or eight years old do they do they dare to give the bike another shot. Yes. Yeah, that's about right. Because yeah. it's funny, my my I got a Strider or a balance bike and my two daughters never liked it. My son was all over the place on it. And like, we had to literally pull him off of it when he got too big for it. We were like, okay, you're dragging your knees basically on the ground. Like this is a little, we need to advance you. (laughs) But yeah, and they were, I waited a bit too. I didn't try and get them too uh, too early, but yeah, you're right on the the ages for sure. yeah, Yeah, so- I guess I'm, I, 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 this is a very long way of answering your question. I don't want to keep it too long, but there's some really important parts. that. No, but this is it. important. Okay. So, so what I recognize is that there is the physical readiness and the cognitive readiness. And if you put a child onto a pedal bike before they are cognitively ready, as well as physically ready, it's not going to happen. So keeping children um, on balance bikes as part of cycle tots, mm-hmm. um, is a really advantageous process because not only do kids really learn well from copying other kids, which Cycle Talks off, offers because it's a group experience, mm-hmm. um, 
the socialization element of cycle tots is also very good because the way that we do it we build in lots of social and emotional development exercises fun and games we do lots of numeracy and literacy stuff so all that is being developed while they're having fun on a balance bike so in answer to your question is it a year-round thing well the good thing about our business model is is you know if it does get a little bit quieter during the winter months which is when we are outside doing our one-to-one sessions we've always got a whole load of cycle top sessions going on so that is what really maintains that revenue do you follow uh, i got it yep. yes and at the same time actually you're doing those kids a favor because they are continuing to build their confidence and their ability and their cognitive readiness on mm-hmm. the balance bike so when summer comes around or spring they are going to be far more physically and cognitively ready to move right. on to a pedal bike and then they graduate from cycle tops into cycle kids which is our one-to-one session mm-hmm. and that's when we get them cycling an hour but that said our one-to-one sessions are also very busy throughout the winter I mean, I'm I'm outside as I am today. You can still see. I've, I'm yeah. I was like, up. is it cold? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, inside. I've been outside. I've been outside teaching all day because you know it's it's wow. a busy time. Um. So, uh. So, in answer to your question, um, cycle uh, fox cycling is busy all year round because we have cycle tots we have cycle kids and then of course the third part of our business model is that we sell bikes yes and that is the I icing on the cake i love this concept so 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 uh the customer journey if you will is uh, a parent will contact us their child will be maybe two and a half years old. They will come along to cycle tops. They will, they will work through a, uh, a learning journey uh, with us. I don't have one to show you, I don't think at the moment, but they work through a learning journey uh, where they learn all the components of striding and gliding. We are constantly assessing their physical and their uh, cognitive readiness mm-hmm. and then when they are ready for pedals they leave cycle tops they go on to cycle kids within the hour they get cycling and then we sell parents a bike and usually a helmet so it's not uncommon for you know uh, uh, the customer value for one person is probably around about five to six hundred pounds uh, mm-hmm. which is very good and um and then of course they their siblings will do the same and uh, their friends do the same so for every child that i teach to cycle i sell uh roughly two and a half bikes figure that out mm-hmm. i love it so that's that's a really interesting component to that to this that when I was looking at um, your program and now how do you get these bikes and have you built up a good partnership with um, a local shop or yeah 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so yes, in answer, the very quick answer to your your question <laughs> is, have you guys heard? Uh, have you have you guys heard of Isla bikes or frog bikes? No. No. Okay. I right, have. Let's. Okay. Let's bring this right the way back to the beginning. Right the way back to the beginning. <laughs> so, in answer to your question, we have a partnership with a bike manufacturer. Okay. Oh, okay. Bike yep. manufacturer. Yeah. Yep. And we sell those bikes. Right. But let me add. A, let me add a bit of color to this. Uh, and you're and and you guys listening, if you're still listening, you might find <laughs> this interesting. You might find this interesting. So. Of all the thousands of kids that I have taught, there are three reasons why kids are not cycling when they could be. Okay. Yep. And in the UK, bearing in mind that 50% of six-year-olds cannot cycle. I don't know what it is in North America, but to me in the UK, that's alarming. 50% of six-year-old children cannot cycle. And for it's my probably about the same. For my not. experience, it is for these three reasons. Okay. And your your listeners, you guys, you might find this interesting. So here we go. Number one, number one barrier to a child not being pedal ready, stabilizers or training wheels, as you call them. Oh. Yep. They really are, they are the nemesis of any child learning to cycle. Okay, you're gonna have to explain this in depth because, like, I can think, like, if you're like our listeners here, if you got kids on balance wheels, I know mine started on them, and I, it was like what, like, nightmare. Um, yeah, so tell us, okay. tell us why. I will, uh, I, will, I, will, I will give you the yeah, whole yeah. spiel. So, yeah, number one, spiel, Steve. number one, stabilizers, number two, the bike. Number three, the parents. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. So let me let let I me. I can um, do like I just scare my kids to not get on the bike, and then I have to like um, threaten pedal. <laughs> so so here you go. Here's let, let let me let me explain those things because some of you guys listening might be going, yeah, I don't agree with that, and that's cool. But let me share let me share with you my experience. So. So the reason I, the reason I'm telling you this is number two barrier to a child learning to cycle is the bike. So there's no point of teaching a child to cycle if they are trying to cycle on a bike that is really, really poor. In the same way is if I said to you guys who are listening, I want you to run the London Marathon or the Boston Marathon, but I want you to do it in a pair of scuba fins. You're just not going <laughs> to do it, are you? It's just going to be an awful experience. Or you need to run it in a pair of stiletto heels. You know? Some ladies might take you up on They that. might do Maybe that, right? not for a marathon. But hey, but I the, get thing you. Is, but the thing is, and you need the right tools for the job. Yeah. 100%. Um, so the bike is super important. And that is why us selling bikes as an, is an imperative part of our business model. So I will unpack that a little bit more. Mm. So our business model, just to recap, cycle tots, group balance bike sessions, cycle kids, one-to-one -one learn to cycle in an hour. Uh, number three, sell a bike. That's our business model, three revenue streams. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So 
the three reasons why kids are not pedaling when they could be training wheels, the bike and parents. So let me explain why those are the case. This might enlighten some people. Oh, I've, I'm sure I've been there on probably, probably all three, all three. So <laughs> why, why are stabilizers so bad? Well, stabilizers, of course, do not teach balance. That's why they're called stabilizers. Make sense? It's like teaching your kid to swim with armbands. If you take the armbands off, they probably can't swim, so they're going to sink. Yes? <laughs> so taking your stabilizers or your training wheels off the bike, uh, with exceptions, and there are always exceptions, but for the most part, from my experience, the kid's just going to fall off because they've never learned to balance. So that's the first problem with stabilizers. Mm -hmm. Okay? The second problem with stabilizers is that children, like adults, will always go towards the path of least resistance. And so what happens is stabilizers promote backwards pedaling or half cranking because the child doesn't need to generate their own momentum to move forward. So they can just sit there really lazy, do a bit of backwards pedaling, do a bit of forwards pedaling. So when the parents take the stabilizers off, they think that pedaling is a little bit of backwards pedaling and a little bit of forwards pedaling. And of course, if you do that, you're gonna fall off. So they don't <laughs> learn to pedal properly. All right. So here's the kicker. This is the third one. And this is the real this is the real kicker and the issue with, with training wheels and why they really don't work. So everybody picture this in your mind's eye. OK, picture this. Your child is on a bike with training wheels. They're in front of you and you're walking behind them. So they're trundling along on their bike with stabilizers and they want to turn, for example, left. On a bike with stabilizers, the only way that you can turn is by literally turning the handlebars, which of course on a real bike, you never do. You lean to turn on a real bike. You don't turn the handlebars like this. You lean to turn. Oh, so, my God. So picture this. Your child is on a bike with stabilizers in front of you. They want to turn left. You're watching them from behind as they literally turn the handlebars to the left. Their right hand has to follow the right part of the handlebar around, which means their right arm extends. And as their right arm extends, their body moves to the right, which means they're learning to lean out of the turn rather than into the turn. Do you follow that? Yeah. And so when you put them on a bike without stabilizers and they need to turn, the first thing they do is they lean the wrong way and fall off. Which is why I have lots of parents who say to me when they call and inquire about what we do, I always ask them lots of questions and I will ask them, so what's your child doing? And their parents will say, well, they're kind of cycling. And I say to them, well, does that mean they can cycle in a straight line? And they say, yes, they can cycle in a straight line. But when they come to turn, they fall off because, of course, You're if like... you pedal fast enough with enough gusto, you can probably pedal in a straight line until you get to a wall or car or cliff edge. But if you need to turn, it ain't happening. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just picturing my kids. And also it it uh, provides a little false sense of security. Correct. But Correct. but the thing is that when it falls off that flat surface, your kids down on the ground. 
that's happened many times on the road, you know, in the road circles, it goes down onto the gravel and they're no longer flat, flat. They're like this and they fall yep, yep. over and then they yep, don't yep. want to get back on your bike again. So here's the thing. So here's the thing, mm -hmm. right? So here's the thing. Um, so just kind of going off piece again a little bit here. So one of the wonders of a balance bike is the child is not restricted. They're not locked into the bike like you get with mm -hmm. training wheels. They have freedom to move. When we teach a child to cycle, and I'm always giving commentary to the parents, I say to them things like this. So I give really daft analogies, but they kind of make sense in my head, right? So <laughs> I think, I think, and this is what I say to parents when their child is using a balance bike for the first time and their child looks really awkward on the balance bike, because of course, when a child first uses a balance bike, they will generally walk with it between their legs. And when they mm. decide finally they're going to put their bum on the seat, it will still look quite awkward. They will look very disjointed. The parents will get frustrated. They want to get to the shops or to get to the school faster. So they tell their kid to get off the balance bike. They end up carrying the balance bike and the kid is running on behind because everybody's late for wherever they need to get to. Right. So when I'm, when I'm teaching, when I'm teaching a child, I will say to the parents something like this. Learning to cycle is a little bit like dancing. So if you look at somebody who can dance and somebody who can't like me, yeah, somebody mm -hmm. who can dance, they move and they, they, they move seamlessly to the beat of the music, right? Their body moves freely and it's in tune and it's in beat and it looks rhythmic and it looks gracious and beautiful. And then you look at me who, when I try to dance, I look like Frankenstein having a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> kind of not in room, not in beat with the music. You know, my body is out of sync. I look awkward. I look stiff and uncomfortable. What a balance bike does that a bike with stabilizers will never do is it allows the child to feel the beat and the rhythm of a bike which we feel without realizing it when we are cycling, it moves in a particular way. So using a balance bike enables the child to get that foundation in place where they start understanding how it moves. They move with it, they start to relax, then they start finding their balance. Mm -hmm. So learning to cycle is a bit like learning to dance. You follow me? Yep. 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 And I also use the analogy that learning to cycle is much like building a house and this is oh, where yeah. mm -hmm. this is this is this is where a lot of parents get it wrong whether the and forgive me parents if you're listening to this and <laughs> you know no and you and, and you're not going to like what i'm about <laughs> to say and i mean it with love and i mean it with with, with uh, and, it, and it comes from a position of being trying to be helpful well they'll but, all be ready for the spring anyways <laughs> so here we go so from my experience Parents want to go from point A to point Z without doing the little with without doing the bit in between, because often the kid <laughs> next door is already cycling and they want their kid to be cycling so they can say my kid is as good as your kid. Right. So what parents yep. do is they don't want to go in for the hard work. They they go and buy a bike before the child has learned to cycle, which is never the right way to do it. And I'll come back to that in a minute. They go to the park, they run behind, they hold the saddle 
and expect a miracle to happen and it's not going to happen. They don't want to put in the hard yards of getting the foundation in place in the same way as if you build a house without the correct foundation, the pretty bit that we all like to see will fall over. Yeah. So what we do at Fox through Cycle Tots and through Cycle Kids, our one to one and our group sessions is we get that foundation down solid. The bit that's not sexy, the bit that takes a bit of time, the bit that parents generally are not interested in because they can't brag to their, you know, to their friends as much that their kids are brilliant on a bike. And I mean that, you know, again, with sort of absolute love. Um, so, <laughs> so, so once you get the foundation down, actually the rest of it looks after itself. And that's why a balanced bike is so much better than a bike with stabilizers. So that's the reason why stabilizers are so bad. And if anybody is listening to this and you don't think about anything else and you don't take anything else away from this podcast, please take away that training wheels are the worst. Do not use them. Don't go anywhere near them. Okay. Yeah. So everybody who went bought their kids a bike for Christmas. <laughs> Take so the here's, wheels. Take the so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah. Let me, so let me carry on. Let me carry on. So, <laughs> so we said that stabilizers was was the first barrier. The second mm -hmm. barrier I said was the bike. Yes. So let's yeah. unpack that a little bit. As you know, we sell bikes. We sell bikes to people. We sell lots of bikes to people who don't even have their children do our courses because they've already learned to cycle and they just want to buy a bike. Yes. So we get lots of people who call me and they say, I want to buy a bike. The first question I ask anybody who calls me who wants to buy a bike is, can your child cycle? Quite often, the parent will say to me, no, my child cannot cycle. And then what I say in a very polite <laughs> way is, why are you buying a bike? Because what's the point of having a pedal bike if your child can't cycle because you can only do two things with it number one put training <laughs> wheels on it and we've just established that that's not the right thing to do mm -hmm. or it sits in the garage because they can't use it and by the time that they are ready to cycle often the bike that the parents have bought is too small so you've wasted your money Mm. And often, and also, how do you know what bike you need if your child can't cycle it? That's like me saying to you, go and buy a pair of shoes without trying them on. You're not going to be sure that they're the right size or they're the right fit or the right comfort level. The only way you can know if a child is ready uh, is, is, is getting the right bike is for them to cycle it because they'll tell you whether mm -hmm. they like it or not. So that's right. one element to think about when it comes to buying the bike. I asked you earlier on, I asked you earlier on, um, I asked you earlier on, have you heard of frog or Isla bikes? So yeah. in, in, and you said, no, you hadn't. So they are for sale in Canada and in North America, but oh. they're not, they are, um, but they're not as popular as what they are over here. Cause they are, they are, they are both a British company, but anyway, oh, here's, okay. Anyway, here, 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 here's, here's the meat to what I'm trying to say. There is a massive difference. There is a massive difference between what I call 
a kid's bike and a child specific bike. So oh. a kid's bike is a bike that parents will go and, and I'm trying to think of the North American equivalent here. So a kid's bike is the bike that you'll tend to buy from somewhere like Canadian Tire. <laughs> yep. Yep. A yep. bike that's really heavy, really mm -hmm. clunky, bad mm. components, poor gearing, bad Q factor, bad geometry. Okay, um, okay. <laughs> and it's more like a toy bike. It's probably got a superhero sticker on it, like Batman or Hello Kitty or something like this. <laughs> yeah. No, ours doesn't. But we did buy a Canadian tire bike only. Okay, my son does know how to cycle only because there was nothing left and yeah. and that was like last beginning of last summer and um he grew out of his other bike right and so i was only left with like a couple options but i get you yeah it's it it does make a huge difference and even when i go go uh, bike shopping with some ladies who are first timers and they want to buy a new bike i'm like I asked them, I go, what's your budget? Because that is going to dictate your comfort, your, your, um, your level of comfort on the bike, as well as your growth on the bike. Like you will, you will get that bike. And I hate to say it. If you come to the club, you're going to look around and by the end of the summer, you're going to want to upgrade yeah, it yeah. hands down. <laughs> um, so you might as well <laughs> spend $1,200 get a good entry level bike that you will probably ride for say three to five years and then once yep. you you know once you determine you're you really really love biking and you want to do something more serious then you put down the three to five thousand dollars on a bike and yep. um you know i'm like you know you're gonna grow out of it you're gonna like phys not phys like physically as skill wise Skill-wise, you're going to grow out of it. You're going to, you know, you're going to want something better as soon as you I come into the club. <laughs> you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Yeah. So one, one parent, one parent explained it to me once. They referred to it as a toy bike, like a Christmas cracker bike. And <laughs> so, so, and I think that's right. So, so, so the reason why I am, you know, very confident that the bike is barrier number two to a child mm -hmm. being ready for pedals is because every day that I'm teaching a child to cycle and with our business model, we provide a lightweight child specific mm. bike. So nice. a, a lightweight child specific bike is what it is, what it says on the tin. It's lightweight. It's designed specifically for children in mind. So correct weight, correct geometry, correct, correct hue factor, correct gearing, close reach brakes, um, right. you know, oh, uh, yeah. all, all, all of the stuff. Yes. So yeah. this is what happens. This is what happens. We teach a child to cycle in less than an hour. Generally, the parents are crying because they've been trying for three or four years and suddenly their kid is now cycling in about an hour or less than an hour. Sorry. So they're thinking, well, what's happened there? That's amazing. The child is having the time of their life, you know, and like you said at the beginning, when we started talking this evening, you know, when, when, when you see children, when you see people 
learned to cycle it really does something it's an emotional experience isn't it mm -hmm. because they're just yeah. starting on their journey so anyway all this wonderful emotion is happening you know parents and kids are high-fiving it's a great experience and we invite parents to bring their canadian tire bike with them to the session okay <laughs> mm -hmm. because one of the things that we offer as part of the learn to cycle session is a suitability and safety check of the bike that they own yeah mm -hmm. right so it's a good way to see their bike yeah absolutely <laughs> and you know sometimes the bikes that kids have they are great they're fine but a lot of the time they're not. And so this is what mm -hmm. tends to happen. The child is cycling around on one of our bikes and thinking, yeah. wow, cycling. Is oh, amazing. yeah. They look at their bike. They're like, I'm not getting on that thing any again. Well, this is the thing. So what dad normally says, because it's normally dad, he says, hey, this is amazing. Do you mind if my 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 child has a ride on their bike, the one that we brought with us today? And I say, sure. So they get on it and they cannot cycle. Mm. They can't cycle. They cannot cycle. And then the kid's getting really frustrated because about five seconds ago, they were happily cycling around. And the parents mm. are seeing this firsthand. They're scratching their head thinking, well, this is bizarre. I thought a bike was a bike. And at that oh. point, and at that point, they say, Steve, can I buy a bike? Yeah. And I say, yes, of course you can buy a bike. So that's what completes. <laughs> right over here. There you go. And that's what uh, completes our business model, you see? Yeah. That so, happened to me. Yeah. Like, in what sense? Uh, well, so I, I signed my son up for mountain biking, mountain bike camp. And we rented one of their bikes because I knew our bike wasn't, it wasn't going to cut it. Like you said, yeah. it's a Canadian tire bike. <laughs> and so after the week, you know, I'm like, okay, let's go for a ride. And he's just like, looked at his bike. This is before I got the other one. The other one was crappy, like really crappy. He's like, I'm not getting on that bike. That bike's not, la, 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 la. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> you know, but he's so right. And I know it so because right. I'm a cycling coach and I'm like, I get it. Poor quality. You have such a horrible experience when you get on something that is really good quality and it works and it shifts and it's like a good size and i'm like yeah and he pulled such a fit and i was like mm -hmm. there you go <laughs> yeah but i honestly didn't think he was going to get into it that much and that's another thing as a parent you're like i don't want to spend all that money if my kid's not going to right knowing that's full well we can sell it <laughs> that, that's the thing so 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 just on that, and it's, it might be interesting just to mention this. So I get parents who say this to me all the time. You know, they say, I don't want to go and buy a child-specific bike because it's more expensive. I'd rather just go to Canadian Tire because it would only be about 150 bucks. Um, so, and I get that. I get that. Mm -hmm. um, one of the reasons why... Um, the, the 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 selling of bikes is a really strong part of our business model is because those child specific bikes have got extremely good resale value mm -hmm. so the second and, and particularly now obviously because it's been a bit difficult getting bikes anyway but 
normally anyway they've got very good resale value so what i say to parents and again parents this might be something to think about who are listening if you go to someone like can and and also hey let me just lay this down i get it we're all on a budget right mm -hmm. we're all on a budget and that is a very real consideration um so i get that if we go to canadian tire or halfords or argos which is an equivalent in our country in the uk you go and buy you buy go and buy a bike for 150 bucks the kid is probably not going to cycle it because it's too heavy and it's too clunky they're not going to enjoy riding it so they'd rather go on their scooter and then you're going to have to sell it or they might mm -hmm. ride it they might ride it or, or they will ride it and they just get used to it and then when it comes to selling it if you're lucky you might get 10 or 20 bucks for it so it's actually cost you 150 150 bucks or 150 pounds if you buy a child specific bike yes you're going to be paying maybe maybe 400 bucks but actually when you come to sell it you're going to sell mm -hmm. it for probably about 250 300 bucks because that's what mm -hmm. they go for so it's actually cost mm -hmm. you less than a than than a than a canadian tire bike and at the same mm -hmm. time your child has had an amazing bike to fall even more in love with cycling to feel even more confident to jump off to jump off pavements and ride up you know mm -hmm. ride up steps and do crazy stuff that kids do on bikes so you're just really in, you know giving them the right tools so and then of course the third barrier to a child being ready for pedals and i mean this with all the love in the world and it's always done with the right intention is the parents because it's the parents okay. <laughs> it's the parents who go you know with all the right intentions they go and they buy the training wheels they go to canadian tire they don't do that that bit in between they decide to go to the park they say today's the day we're going to take the training wheels off they hold the saddle which is what you should never do they run behind and break their back the child is then launched off into the sunset the, the parent with all the hope in the world is saying go and enjoy cycling and then the child after around about two revolutions if they pedal at all will fall off. You, you forgot know? holding the shirt holding the shirt right oh, that was me yeah and then i slowly let go and i'm like oh, you're riding <laughs> but didn't, and then they go and then they go lot. to turn and then they go to yeah. turn and lean the wrong way and it fall off to get there yeah and then they go yes. do you know what they go do you know what mum i don't want to do that again and mum says oh come on i'll buy you a mcdonald's so then they yeah. get on again and the same thing <laughs> happens and they go for as many mcdonald's as you like i'm not going to get back on that bike and then yeah. they go and they go to their scooter and they spend, you know, their years from probably four or five years old on a scooter until they're about seven or eight. And at eight years old, they're getting a little bit more conscious about their friends cycling. So then they say, do you know what, mum and dad, I want to give it another bash. And that's when the parents either do exactly the same as what they did four years ago or they come to us and then we get them cycling in an hour. And that's when parents cry because they think, <laughs> wow, we tried this for four years and you've just done it in 35 minutes. I, that's you know being a parent and, I'm, and i know you're a parent too i'm trusting you're a parent but you've been there been there done that and i'm sure if they're if their parents listening right now we're, we're probably all crying together because that's exactly how it all went down and some of us are probably lucky to have actually gotten our kids back on bikes and that now we can ride as a family to the ice cream store <laughs> to the yeah. beach 
to, you know, and do little things um, and just keep them engaged in cycling until they get their license. So, <laughs> so, know, and doing... <laughs> so you're right. And so here's the thing, right? So, so I do speak with some parents, okay, because there are always exceptions. And I'm sure some of our wonderful listeners, if they're still listening to me, <laughs> who, you know, some of our wonderful listeners of this podcast, you know, they, they're probably saying to themselves, whoa, 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 Steve, hang on a second. You know, I get what you're saying, but actually my child learned to ride only using training wheels and they're cycling now. And do you know what? That's amazing. And I love that. And I'm really glad they are mm -hmm. because you always get exceptions. But I do speak with quite a number of parents who say to me, well, you know, they say that they say, you know, Steve, my parents use stabilizers. So that's what I use for my child. And actually they learned to cycle and they, and they, and they learned to cycle. And then I asked them, are they cycling now? And a lot of the time they say, no, they're not because stabilizers do not give that foundational confidence and ability. So probably as soon as the child was left to have that own choice, their decision was actually, I don't want to keep cycling because I still find it a little bit discouraging i find it you know quite difficult because stabilizers is not giving them that foundation they need do you follow what i'm saying so what, mm -hmm. what cycling is about of course we're about you know enabling children to learn to cycle in a fun and seamless way so they love cycling and here it is continue to love cycling mm -hmm. and if it's not done properly they won't continue to love cycling they'll be off a bike before you know given half the chance and they'll just you know do something different and i want kids mm -hmm. to continue love cycling because we know it's amazing right it's amazing it's amazing they can use it you know later on to go to you know their sporting events and ride with friends and you know what the the oh, i really love this so i'm in a small community in the country and a lot of the kids have bikes and so I grew up on a bike on a farm road. So it wasn't quite the same thing, but the cool thing I love seeing is them biking together as a group to go to the park and it's safe. And like, I mean, you know, as parents, we shouldn't feel so, you know, scared about our kids going off and riding. Um, and the fun thing is that just like, not now, so it's right, but like early in the spring and uh, in the fall, my like we were just you know right after school and there's a knock on the door and I go and one of my son's friends from school had biked over and you know I was just like I had no idea who this kid was <laughs> I'm like there's a friend a kid on a bike and he wants to go biking with you I'm like how cool is that get the hell off the couch and get outside and because nice. I saw them coming up I'm like Hey, those are kids on like kids on the bike. And I'm like, does anybody know that kid? I don't know that kid. <laughs> I knew him when he was a, a baby, yeah, but, yeah. and I'm just like, oh my God, you can come over anytime, you know, and just, and then they would bike off down the road to see some other friends and they would get on their bikes. And I'm just like, amazing. that's the way it should be. I'm like, I, I was just like crying. I'm like, oh my God, this is like, whoa, he came over on his bike and they went off and biked together and played outside. And I'm like, oh, that's what it so needs here's, to be like. So here's the thing. When we were chatting before we started the podcast, you talked about mm -hmm. teaching adults. 
mm-hmm. I find um, quite what happens quite a lot, quite a lot indeed, is that uh, once we teach the child to cycle, uh, parents who haven't learned to cycle, and there are definitely quite a few of those, mm-hmm. now need to learn to cycle because they want to cycle with their child. So we, yeah. we, we do teach lots of parents to cycle and we follow oh. exactly the same process. We do it in exactly yeah. the same way as we teach a child. And they, you know, and because a parent is generally, uh, and I mean this kind of tongue in cheek, but generally a little bit more cognitively ready than a, than a child. <laughs> a little stronger. <laughs> or, you know, or you hope so. Um, you know, they get it really quickly. And, you know, it's, it's a wonderful thing because... I cycle, you know, around this area where I live. And quite often when I'm out riding, I will see the children who Fox Cycling taught and parents that we taught. And we see them having absolute wonderful time on bikes. And, you know, some recognize me and sometimes they don't because I'm, you know, in in different kits or whatever. (laughs) And um, yeah. And and but you know it's 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 a wonderful thing and when they when they do when they do see me they go hey there's mr fox mr fox we like this oh. <laughs> and you know and it, it's, it's 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 just a wonderful thing so so there you go um in terms of the franchise um i i i don't know if some of your listeners are thinking about um you know uh, sort of kind of how the franchise works cycle tots we deliver cycle tots in nurseries in schools, in leisure centres, community centres. We run multiple classes across the territory every day, every week. And, I love it. Yeah, and Cycle Talks is really great for all the reasons I've already explained. And what's also very good about it is I can get in front of a parent when their kid is two and a half years old before the parent goes off to Canadian tie and starts doing all the wrong things. <laughs> so it's about educating the parents is as much about, you know, yeah. giving the kids a wonderful time. Um, uh, and then of course we've got the cycle kids. We've got the, we've got the, uh, we've got the, uh, the model to sell the bikes and, you know, no one else is doing this. Um, our process is very seamless. It's extremely watertight. It's got very, very good return on investment. It's got incredible social value, um, you know, social impact. And, um, and, you know, we want to, we want to take it across the planet and we want to find Mm. people. And this is the really important bit. We want to find the correct people to be on our journey you know mm-hmm. and they have to be so the correct people um we've yeah. had we've had lots of people inquire and you know they're not always the right people right mm-hmm. and and so with yeah go, go ahead. ahead no go, what were you I, gonna say no no you finish and then i'll i'll, uh, so, I'll interject so it's interesting so a couple of years ago i had a, a mother whose child i taught and as a job she was some kind of management consultant some sort of business development consultant and she was really over the moon with the experience that she had uh, with fox which i you know which was always which is always nice to hear and what she offered was to go away and to document her experience and she put it into a matrix that we call the fox way oh um, 
And the Fox way really is our ethos and our values, our, our customer journey, mm -hmm. the things that we find that we hold very important that were not written by me. They were written by this lady. And I, and I, and I accepted her offer to do that because I was super curious to, you know, to find out what she experienced and how that aligned with what I hope people experience. You know, having worked for the Disney Corporation in Florida, you know, I really get the whole customer service thing. I spent some time at a Disney University. Ha ha ha. And, <laughs> and sorry, but I, I like I can't laugh because like me look at Disney. I mean, I'm sure there's a universe. It's hilarious, but me. but no question. They are very good at the customer experience, you know, uh -huh. for all the plastic and all the, you know, of all the. <laughs> other stuff they are brilliant so anyway this fox way that we have is is what underpins you know our our whole model and when we are looking for the right people to join us in the journey you know we see how they align with the fox the fox way and um there's this very interesting book that i read a while ago it's called good to great it's written by a chap called jim collins Mm -hmm. probably a lot of our listeners and maybe you've heard about it it's a very yeah. common text particularly if you're doing an mba and um he talks about a number of principles and uh you know the one of the principles he talks about is the hedgehog effect the hedgehog principle and i think it's a really daft sort of um sort of <laughs> analogy but basically what he's saying is a hedgehog is really brilliant at being a hedgehog and it's really good at one thing and that's screwing itself up in the ball. Yeah. And in business, we should find what we're world-class at and just focus on that. Yes. Yeah? Like a hedgehog yep. is just really good at being a hedgehog because it, it screws itself up and nobody can get to it. Nobody can kill it. Not a fox, not a wolf, maybe a truck can ride over it, but that's a different story. <laughs> right. <laughs> But you know what I mean, right? I think, yes, I, think I totally. We get, yeah, we get a picture. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. Yeah, with with my women's cycling club, like you know, it's your purpose, right? Yeah, it's what it's what you're made yeah. to do. It's what you're made mm -hmm. to do. And what also Jim Collins goes on to say is he talks about getting the wrong people off the bus, oh. the right people <sighs> on the bus, and the right mm -hmm. people in the right seats. And I think right. what we're, and you know, this is, I guess, if you think about it, it's pretty basic stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I guess it's what every business uh, yeah. is doing. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, yeah. But sometimes um, uh, we're going to draw this to a close soon, but sometimes the wrong people stay in the wrong positions or in the wrong company too long because people are afraid of getting rid of them. And also there are some people who, and I'm just talking because there's just an incident coming into our club, and uh, and we've and we've had where there are people who rock not rock the boat, but um, the the balance starts being off in the whole. Um, I can't, can't think of what I'm thinking about. Can't say what I'm thinking about, but the. Um, you know, our club is like a non-judgment. It's like everybody's should feel comfortable. The dynamic, keep thinking of the, the dynamic. The, yeah, the dynamic starts shifting because of this one or one or 
two people. It's usually just one and it's, and it's felt by number of people and we've had to ask people to leave. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's a quiet exit. It's not a, you know, full blown exit, but they have clearly the um, things are shifting and they're causing unrest in the club. And it's like one of those rotten apples. They just have to leave, you know, great yeah. people, just not great for us. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and, and when, and when they leave like harmony, the harmony of the club is being, um, compromised. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got to get the wrong people. You've got to get the wrong yeah. people off the bus. And, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes what I have found with, with, with my business and probably, you know, other people have found this, it's not, it's probably not a, a, um, you know, an uncommon thing is, you know, sometimes you find the right person, but you're not mm-hmm. quite sure what seat they should be in. Mm. but you get them on the bus anyway and they just come along for the ride that you you know they're standing in the aisle probably for a while because you're not quite sure where they should sit but it's great that you've got them and you've not left them behind because you know yeah. that you're going to need them you know as part of your team at a later time mm-hmm. and so what they do is they just come along for the journey and they join in but you know you're still trying to find the exact match and the fox way that we use helps us helps us do that because you know it's a privilege. It's an absolute privilege to work mm-hmm. with children. Children are amazing. Um, you know, it's a it's it's a real honor and, and and a lot of fun to to you know teach children to connect with cycling and to have an impact in in a family's life. And you know, it's a very certain person that is enabled you know is is able to do that and i'm not talking about understanding the mechanics of how to deliver the process that we have you know developed it's about the emotional intelligence the social intelligence you know Mm -hmm. the ability to work with children and also to deal with adults you know it's about it's about unconditional positive regard it's about empathy Mm -hmm. you know all of those softer really important traits do you follow you know right i totally so with that um we are gonna have to call us a day and this has been amazing i've it's been a great i've never i haven't talked to a business like this yet in the cycling world and i'm glad that i found you and i'm glad steve that you're on the podcast and thank you to our listeners for jumping in now before we go where can people find Fox Cycling? Sure. So, so obviously we have a website. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm glad you've asked that question because what I was going to say is, you know, I am passionate about seeing kids love cycling. And I want to do everything I can to enable that to happen. So you listeners, if you have any questions, um, you know if you're scratching your head about anything please reach out to me and you can reach out to me um by either uh uh, um emailing me and my email address is stephen with a v at fox cycling or one word lowercase dot co dot uk um you will find my email address on our website which is uh, foxcycling.co.uk we've also got facebook fox cycling you can see the logo here 
You see the logo? Oh. So, you, so you'll know you're looking at the right place if you see this logo. <laughs> this is our logo, Fox Cycling. This is Mr. Fox. And he has a bunch of friends, which you'll see. You've got Ozzy the Ostrich, Eddie the Eagle, Molly oh, the Monkey, Tommy the Tortoise, and all of that stuff. So that's how you can contact me. And I'd love to hear from people because, uh, you know, parents do scratch their heads a little bit on what to do next. And I'd love to help, mm -hmm. um, you know, help you move forward. Keep pedaling. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in to this episode. And thanks a lot, Stephen, for being an amazing guest. Thank you for having me. All good. Keep pedaling, great. Yes. Keep don't forget pedaling. to get out and ride and ride with your kids. And don't forget to go in and give us um, a review and a five star on Apple Podcast. Have an amazing one. Take care. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast. Learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review, if you feel so moved, by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment, telling me what you think, and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.